just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Tuesday and already things getting stirred up. I told you it'd be a crazy week, just like every other week has been for almost as far back as we can remember. Uh, But uh, a lot of stuff happening, a lot of things to talk about. I don't have any emails today, so you're slacking out there. If you want to participate in the program, you can do it one of two ways. Send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or I have another email now, too, mike at rationalboomer.com. You can use either one. I'm looking at both of them. And if an email just doesn't seem like it's enough, send me an email and tell me you want to be on the show. It's been a little bit since we've had a listener on the show, and we always enjoy that. They're always great shows. So if you feel compelled or courageous enough (laughs) to come on the show, please email me. Let me know when you're available, and we'll set something up. It really doesn't take that much courage. If you talk to anybody who's been on the show, they all say the same thing. Well, that was pretty easy. That was kind of fun. Look, I've been doing this for 40 plus years. I'm not going to make you look dumb. I'm going to make it easy for you. And uh, in most cases, everybody that we have on the show is so adept, I don't have to work very hard at making it easy on them. Fortunately, we have a lot of bright folks in our audience And to bring them on the show is easy as hell. So if you're one of those folks that wants to come on the show, voice an opinion, ask questions, just bullshit for an hour, I'm here for you. Send me an email. Let me know you want to do it. Then let me know when you're available, and we will set it up. It's all very easy. Basically, I send you a link to a Zoom connection, and we talk. That's really all it is. All right, as I said, this week has already started out kind of crazy. And in fact, last night, more of a news story that we hear all too often. And this is tragic and scary. Apparently, a gunman opened fire Monday night at Michigan State University, killing three people and wounding five more. And police urged frightened students and others to shelter in place as they searched for the suspect. Now, at the time I'm recording this, right around midnight, they hadn't caught the suspect as yet, so the suspect is still at large. So if you're at Michigan State, obviously they're being suggested to stay in place, keep the doors locked, and uh, hopefully they can catch up with this suspect. Now, there seems to be some pictures of this suspect. He seems to be shorter, stocky. He has kind of a distinctive coat on, so he may not be that hard to find, hopefully. I suspect they will catch up with him at some point in the not-too-distant future. There are currently hundreds of officers scouring East Lansing campus. Now, that's about 90 miles northwest of Detroit. They're looking for the suspect, who police described as a short black man with red shoes, a jean jacket, and a ball cap. There are three confirmed fatalities. This is in addition to the five victims who have been transported to the hospital. Now, the shooting began shortly before 8.30 p.m. at Berkeley or Berkey Hall, an academic building, and also occurred nearby at the Student Union, a popular gathering spot. Students were ordered to shelter in place for hours and urged parents to stay away. You can imagine if you have a child at Michigan State and something like this is going on, the natural reaction would be to head to the college and try to protect your child. I get that. I would probably do the same thing. But at this point, with literally hundreds of police officers on the scene and uh, looking for the suspect, you might be best advised to stay back and just wait and let this play out. Students should be locked in place, 
and uh, they will catch this guy. I'm certain of it. By 10.15 police, police said, uh, by 10.15 p.m., police said Berkey, as well as the nearby residence halls, were secured separately. Police on Twitter reported a shooting at IM East, a recreational center for students, but uh, they, they didn't mention it during a, a news briefing and said there had been false reports of additional shootings. You know how this all works. You know, one thing happens and then everybody starts talking about other things that are rumor or whatever and maybe didn't even happen. Aiden Kelly, a junior who lives a half mile east of the campus, said he locked his door and covered his windows just in case. The sirens were constant, he said, and a helicopter hovered overhead. Aiden Kelly said, it's all very frightening, and then I have all these people texting me wondering if I'm okay, which is overwhelming. Michigan State has about 50,000 students. All campus activities were canceled for 48 hours, including athletics and classes. When does this shit stop? It seems like every other day, maybe every day, there's some kind of mass shooting. And none of it seems to make any sense. None of it seems to have any real reason to it. Just some nutcase decides to walk in with a gun and start shooting people. Now, in this case, this uh, man, this assailant, had a handgun. It wasn't an automatic. Well, it might have been an automatic handgun, but it wasn't like an AR-15. It wasn't a long gun, a rifle. Uh, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is when you shoot somebody, whether it be a handgun or an AR-15, they still fucking die. And this shit has to stop. At some point, everybody in this country has to recognize the one reason we have this sort of thing is because Republicans don't care. They don't care if people die. And they prove that every day when they're against registration and uh, limiting what kind of guns people can have and registration for people and background checks so some crazy fuck like this guy doesn't end up with a gun and do something crazy. They're against all that. And what that tells me and should tell you is that uh, because of the gun lobbies, the NRA, they're more concerned about the money that gets in their pocket as opposed to the lives of innocent Americans being taken. I see we're going to get some changes here sometime soon, but a lot of things are going to have to happen. Like I've said, over the next couple of years, the Republicans presumably are going to take a lot of hits, which is going to weaken them. And then when 2024 comes around, uh, I feel very confident that there will be no Republican president, no candidate that will come close to whoever our Democratic candidate is. And hopefully it will give us stronger representation, us meaning the Democrats, um, in the House and the Senate. And if we can do that, if we can do that, then we can make some changes. But as long as we have obstructionists like the Republicans and the trump in the House of Representatives, it's virtually impossible to get anything done. And no matter how tragic or how egregious something is, these people won't bend. You have to understand, um, I know a lot of people will say to me, why do you, you so mad at Republicans? Why do you hate Donald Trump? You should let it go and worry about what else is going on in this country. Well, unfortunately, these trump and Donald Trump himself are impacting what's going on in this country. The things they've done and want to do are devastating to this country, are horrific for our people. I can't forget about that. None of you should ever forget about it. The fact is, they've spent so many years taking this stance and hiding under the rocks or under the radar and not taking the hits as the people responsible for this activity in our country. Now is the time when we control the narrative and expose these people, the trump Donald Trump, Republicans in general. Expose them for the responsibility they have in all these deaths 
in these tragic situations, in these mass shootings. And they'll say, well, I didn't pull the trigger. No, you didn't. But our U.S. government has many jobs. But that first job, it's routinely recognized and acknowledged that government's first job is to protect its citizens. And by siding with gun lobbies and taking money from the NRA and such, they are not following that directive. They are not protecting the citizens of this country. They are taking money instead and not giving a shit about the lives of innocent people. Now, some people might think I'm being harsh, but when you break it down to what it is, that's exactly the case. Why are they against gun regulations and registration? Because the gun lobby and NRA put pressure on them and give them money to protect their interests. So they're choosing the money over um, protecting the citizens. This has to be talked about out loud, very loud, and continually talked about until some changes are made. The only thing that can get these Republicans now, especially the ones in the House of Representatives where they hold the minor majority, a slim majority at that, the only thing that can fight against these fucks is public opinion. They try very hard not to be exposed to uh, the crimes that they've committed or the corruption they're involved in. This is where the tide has to change. Things have begun to change with the Democrats. They are getting louder. They're getting better with the messaging. But we have to get even better and louder than that. We have to shout these people down with their crimes, point the fingers, and make sure they're accountable. It's not something that can be fixed overnight, but over time we can degrade these fuckers and put them where they belong. Nowhere in power. Out of power. That is the only way we're going to fix things like this, and we need to be strong and persistent and loud. That's what we need to do. All right, some interesting news in Georgia. You remember that Fonnie Willis put together a special grand jury, and this special grand jury was to do an investigation and a final report of their investigation. The next step was to take this final report to a regular grand jury where the decision would be made as far as indictments and that sort of thing. Now, in a lot of these cases, this report could be released for the general public, and a lot of media and a lot of people are anxious to see it. But Fonnie Willis stepped up and said, I don't want you to release it because it could make things unfair in trial for future defendants, not future possible defendants, future defendants. And uh, then she went on to say this involves imminent decisions like soon. So a lot of people were surprised and disappointed that Fonnie Willis didn't want these uh, or this report released. But I understood her point of view. If it gets released, it's going to be harder to get a jury and to get whoever they're indicting a fair trial. And Fonnie Willis doesn't want anything to mess it up. Now, I think a lot of people thought that when Fonnie Willis said, yeah, I don't want it released, that was the last word on it. That because she said she didn't want it released, then it wouldn't be released. That's not the case. It's not Fonnie Willis's decision to make. She made the plea to not release it, but that final decision falls on the judge. Now, the judge has to look at what Fonnie Willis says, but she also has to look at what the media says and what the people of this country say. And it sounds like what she's done is kind of compromised. She's not willing to release the whole report, but she will re- uh, release portions of the report, a partial release later this week of a report by the special grand jury that investigated efforts by Trump and his allies to overturn his 2020 election loss. 
This is pretty inflammatory stuff, depending on what's in that report. Now, the report's introduction and conclusion, as well as a section in which the grand juries express concerns that some witnesses may have lied under oath, will be released on Thursday, said Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney. It's going to be a lot of people excited about this. I don't know if Fonnie Willis is going to be excited about it. Maybe she doesn't care. Maybe she said what she said to uh, send a message. She certainly did. She's talking about defendants as if it's a foregone conclusion and talking about imminent decisions like it's happening quick. That had to make some Republicans, including Donald Trump, Lindsey Graham, Rudy Giuliani, and some of these other, had to make them a little fucking nervous. Now, any recommendations on who should or should not be prosecuted will remain secret for now to protect their due process rights, McBurney wrote. So in this report, when it's released, it's not going to say, well, we should indict this person, this person, and this person. They won't tell you that. I think Fonnie Willis wants to keep that a surprise. I mean, if she should send an indictment and go after Donald Trump, Lindsey Graham, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, or whoever the fuck, or the fake electors. She wants it to be a surprise. (laughs) She likes to party like that. Now, McBurney's, McBurney's order came three weeks after the hearing arguments from prosecutors who urged the report to be kept secret until they decide on charges and a coalition of media organizations which pressed for its release. Now, you have to wonder, given the fact that they're going against what Fonnie Willis wanted to do, is this going to hurry along the possible indictments that are coming out? You think it might. I mean, if she didn't want it released and now they're going to release it by the end of the week, does that mean she wants to get some indictments out by the end of the week? I don't know. Again, they're not going to announce in this report who they might indict. But I got to think, whatever's released in that report is going to give a tip-off to anybody who might be in line for an indictment. That while they didn't mention this person's particular name, they, they certainly know the circumstances of where they were investigated. And it might be a tip-off nonetheless. Now, the release is a significant develop in one of several cases that threaten legal jeopardy for Donald Trump while he's planning to run for the uh, House, uh, the White House in 2024. The special grand jury spent about seven months hearing testimony from witnesses, including high profile Trump allies. Again, Rudy Giuliani, Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, high-ranking Georgia officials such as the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and even the Governor Brian Kemp. Now, you remember that Brian Kemp kind of shunned Donald Trump when Donald Trump wanted him to overturn the election, as did Brad Raffensperger, the uh, Secretary of State. As much as they're both Republicans, they still did the right thing, so you have to give them credit for that. Now, McBurney wrote that the report includes recommendations for Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, including a roster of who should or should not be indicted and for what in relation to the conduct and aftermath of the 2020 general election in Georgia. The special grand jury did not have power to issue indictments. That's a weird situation. I I wasn't familiar with it until we heard this. They had a special grand jury to do the investigation, but the special grand jury can't issue indictments. They then have to take it to the regular regular grand jury, which they did, and that's where the indictments come from, and that's what we're waiting for right now. Now, the special grand jury's final report was requested by Willis and is meant to inform her investigative decision-making process, adding that the panel's investigation was largely controlled by the district attorney and her team and was a one-sided exploration. There was very limited due process for people whom the grand jurors recommend charges. Some may not have had the opportunity to appear 
before the panel, and those who did appear did not have the right to have their lawyers present or to offer any rebuttal. For that reason, the judge concluded it's not appropriate to release the full report at this time. Notice what she says. Not everybody who might be indicted actually showed up and was interviewed. Well, now who could that be? Donald Trump? Donald Trump didn't show up. Those that did show up certainly could be indicted. So she's leaving it pretty pretty open. Now, Trump told the Associated Press last month that he did absolutely nothing wrong. It was a perfect phone call. He said he felt very confident that he would not be indicted. But that's what Donald Trump does, you know. He talks shit. He... Um, he doesn't believe half the things he's saying, but he will say it in order to, you know, try to manipulate the narrative. Now, at the January hearing, Willis had argued against the immediate release of the report, saying it could violate rights of potential defendants and negatively affect the ability to prosecute, uh, prosecute those who may be charged with crimes. We want to make sure that everyone is treated fairly. And we think for future defendants, not possible defendants, we need to hold this back so that they would be treated fairly. It is not appropriate at this time to have the report released, Fannie Willis said. So the question is now, how's Fannie feeling about this shit? Is she cool with it? Is this her game? Did she want it released and just said she didn't want it released? I, I don't think so. I mean, with all this information put out there, and if she's going to go to trial with some of these folks, she doesn't want any loophole that defense lawyers can use. And by releasing the report, that opens up the possibility of some loopholes to those uh, defense lawyers. Willis said in an emailed statement Monday that she believes McBurney order is legally sound and consistent with my request and that she has no plans to appeal. Clyde declined, declined the comment. Now, so what could have happened? He says, I'm going to release part of the, uh, of the report. Now, theoretically, if she was really upset about it, Fonnie Willis could file a lawsuit to delay it, much like Donald Trump and all the Trump fucks normally do. But she says she's not going to do that. She didn't get everything she wanted in terms of not releasing the report, but apparently she feels comfortable with the compromise that the judge is giving in this situation. Now, Willis and her team began investigating two years ago, shortly after the release of the recording. You know that one between Trump and Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. Please just find me 11,780 votes. Now, in that conversation, the then president suggested that Raffensperger, also a Republican, could find those votes needed to overturn Trump's narrow election loss in Georgia to Biden. His exact quote was, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Trump said on the, on, uh, Trump said on the call, and he seemed to be kind of begging for it too. You never know with Trump. Is he threatening? Is he begging? Or is it some, some composite of both? Now, since then, the investigation scope has broadened considerably the special grand jury, the regular grand jury. Uh, but the bottom line is, is, is uh, that the crime is on tape or on recording. Um, and that's going to be hard for Donald Trump to defend. He might, be, he might say, well, I just meant that there must have been 11,780 votes that were lost. You need to find them. I think with all the information they have, the emails and the other people that have talked to Raffensperger and had gone to Georgia, I think they can probably prove that that is all bullshit. Now, there is a group of 16 Georgia Republicans who signed a certificate in December 2020 falsely stating that Trump had won the state and they were the state's duly elected and qualified electors. That was not true. False allegations of election fraud made during meetings of the state legislature 
at the Georgia Capitol in December 2020. And make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. That is highly illegal. So we're getting closer to something happening in Georgia. I know people that I hear from all the time, nothing's going to happen. When's it going to happen? Nothing's ever going to happen to Donald Trump. Well, a lot has already happened to Donald Trump. And the idea that there's not going to be indictments is absolutely silly. And you have to look at it not from an emotional situation or a pouting state. I say that about these people that say nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump. It's like a little child wanting to go somewhere and you telling them, no, you can't go. And then they say, well, I'm not going anywhere then. I'm not going to bed. I'm not going to school. I'm not doing anything. That's the same strategy we're seeing from these people. They're upset that it hasn't gone the way they think it should go. So they're going to pout about it and say, well, nothing's going to happen. Fuck it. It's all terrible. It's all fucked up. I really hate that attitude. That is a losing attitude. And there's no reason in the world any of us should take losing attitudes in this situation or any situation. The thing they're doing is comparing it to the past. Well, politicians always get off. Rich people always get off. And that may or may not have been true over the years. But you have to remember, we're in a much different situation than we've ever seen in this country. There has been crime and corruption by politicians, but not to this level, to the point where they attempt a coup to try to overturn elections and undermine our democracy and ultimately overthrow this government with an attempted coup. That hasn't been done. Extreme times call for extreme measures. As much as the DOJ and other legal entities have kind of given rich people and politicians a pass, it's going to be virtually impossible for them to do that in this particular instance. I've talked about this before, and I'll say it again. You can't do that if everybody knows the evidence, because now you've got to face up the American public. And what did I say earlier? The strongest law in this land is public opinion. Because public opinion will affect future elections. Public opinion will affect people's pocketbooks, these wealthy people. And that's a bridge too far for them. If we go through all we've gone through and seen all the evidence we've seen and there is no indictments, there's going to be a bigger upheaval with that happening as opposed to actually indicting a former president. That's always been the fear of the DOJ. Oh, what happens if we indict a former president? It'll cause divisiveness. It'll cause people to be angry and upset. So we'll just kind of let them pass so we don't cause a problem or mix it up. Well, that strategy may have worked in the past, but it can't work now. Because the fact of the matter is, if they don't indict, there's more people that will be upset about it. There'll be more upheaval and far more problems. Don't think the DOJ, Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, Fonnie Willis, um, Elvin Bragg up in New York, don't, don't even consider the fact that these people don't know that. And that's not on their mind when they make their decisions whether to indict. There is some... Um, there is some hesitance from these legal entities to be the first one to make an indictment. And you can kind of expect that given the fact that this is unprecedented. One thing I've said, and I'll say it again, is when these court cases happen, when the indictments come down and Donald Trump gets an indictment, get ready for a fucking circus. Because this will be the biggest trial in the history of this country, literally. And it will go on for a long time. And then people will be whining and crying, well, he's not in jail yet. He's not in jail yet. You need to take everything a step at a time. And understand that if he's indicted and tied up in trial or trials, 
it's going to take him out of the mix. He's certainly not going to be a candidate in 2024. He's certainly not going to get away with anything. You're going to have to be happy with things happening in increments. I'm convinced there's a lot of people that thought as moment Joe Biden took office that Donald Trump would be handcuffed and taken off to jail. Well, that was never going to happen. This whole process of indicting and trying Donald Trump is not an easy situation. I wish it was, but it's not. So we have to be patient and watch it. Now, I'm getting a little impatient now because we need that next step, the indictment. I won't say we're running out of time, but we are burning daylight. We don't want this to get into uh, a year out from the election. Not that it would shut it down or anything like that. I, I don't believe that would be the problem. But I'm tired of excuses from the DOJ and other entities that uh, um, are looking at indicting Donald Trump. Now, I also get a lot of people saying, this has been going on six years. No, it hasn't. It's been going on just after two years. Not shit was done. No investigations were started during Donald Trump's term because he was the acting president. And for whatever reason, the DOJ gives him a pass and says he can't be indicted. So all these investigations and the indictments essentially got into full speed just over two years ago. So it hasn't been going on as long as you think, but it's still at the point where it's gone on long enough. We've got to be coming to the point where things are going to start to pop. And when that first thing does pop, it's going to be like fucking popcorn after that. The first one that breaks it, then it's going to break loose. And a lot of people will join the bandwagon. I'll tell you again, be patient. But you know what? Don't don't be quiet. The fact that the DOJ and some of these other legal entities are getting pressure from us is a good thing. Because, again, it goes back to what I said. The most powerful thing we have in this country is public opinion. As long as we're talking about it, being loud about it, educating people, complaining, pushing, pushing, pushing. Long as we can do that, long as we get off our asses and do that, then we have the power. And isn't it about time we have the fucking power? All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hi, friends. I'm Trisden, and I host a podcast called Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. Our politics lean left, but since we live in Kentucky, we're forced on a daily basis to deal with our right-wing friends. So our goal is to bring people together and stay sane as Democrats in Central Kentucky. If you love the rational boomer, you'll probably like us as well. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts. That's Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. Trisden is spelled T-R-I-Z-D-O-N. That may make it easier to find. Thanks for listening. So it all started with a Chinese balloon that floated across our country, shot down off the coast of South Carolina by the U.S. Air Force at the direction of Joe Biden, President of the United States. We found out that there were at least three other balloons that floated across this country during the Trump administration. And the Trump administration is mad because Joe Biden is the one that told us about it. So you can't trust Joe Biden. Well, the real question is, how did three balloons float across this country under Donald Trump's regime? And they didn't know because they're incompetent and inept and are paying attention to bullshit as opposed to running this country. That's beside the point. Now, since that Chinese balloon was shot down, we've had three more. One in Alaska, one in Canada, and one over Lake Huron. Now, it's been kind of weird. They've specifically told us not the same Chinese balloons. In fact, they don't know what they are. They don't know their origin and, and, and who sent them out and for what reason. And that's all pretty mysterious, don't you think? That they shoot these things down. They're smaller than the... the uh, than the balloon. They said the balloon was as big as three buses. These three that were shot down over Canada and the United States are the size of a small car. Still not 
a small deal, but they were much smaller than the Chinese balloon. But they shoot these things down, and we hear all this stuff about being cylindrical. We don't know if they have propulsion. We don't know if they're floating by way of gas or air or helium or whatever the fuck. They're very, very limited on what they tell us. Well, of course, when people don't tell you the whole story of what happens, you get all these conspiracy theories. And I found it quite hilarious that there are a lot of these UFO freaks that are going, oh, so they're coming. They're coming. I told you. The aliens are coming to this country. And I talked about this, or this world. And I talked about this yesterday. I'm going to repeat it again for those people who think they might be aliens. If, in fact, they are aliens, if, in fact, they are an advanced civilization, how is it so easy for the Air Force just to fly up, shoot those motherfuckers down? If they were aliens, I'd be more willing to say that they're pussies as opposed to advanced, uh, an advanced civilization. These aren't aliens. These aren't men from Mars. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there might be extraterrestrials out there, that there might be entities from different civilizations, maybe even advanced civilizations. I'm sure there is a good prospect that they exist. But these three instances where America shot down these unidentified flying objects, for lack of a better term, uh, were shot down. The thing is, I don't understand why they don't come out and tell us. Is it something that's embarrassing? Is it something that is scary? I don't, I don't think it's going to be scary because you don't see the government freaking out about it. Well, with all this talk about UFOs and aliens and all this stuff, the White House attempted to shut down chatter on Monday that the aerial objects found flying over the U.S. airspace may have ties to extraterrestrial life. Now, speaking from the White House podium, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said she wanted people to hear straight from President Joe Biden's administration that alien involvement with these incidents is not a working theory, meaning that's not part of the conversation. They're not saying, well, is it aliens? <laughs> it's not fucking aliens. Here's the thing. We probably have so much shit flying over us all the time that we never knew about because they were never looking for it. And now that we had this Chinese balloon, they've opened the aperture and they're looking at this stuff. So they're finding it. What I find intriguing is they're not telling us how these things are propelled or floated or whatever. And that's where the mystery comes in. And our government, the Biden administration, is doing us a disservice by not telling us all the facts. They need to tell us all the facts to waylay all these conspiracy theories. Now, uh, this uh, Jean-Pierre said, I know there have been questions and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indications of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns, she said, referring to authorities shooting down four high-altitude objects, including a suspected Chinese spy balloon over North America airspace. It was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Jean-Pierre said, then joked, I loved E.T. the movie, but I'm just going to leave it there. So, the, the, the White House is obviously denying any connection to uh, extraterrestrials. And I'm sure the UFO freaks are saying, yeah, that's exactly what they'd say. But again, look at the facts. These things were shot down easily. They're not from outer space. These are man-made. They may come from a different country. Um, I even got a, I haven't had a chance to read it fully, but uh, somebody emailed me and sent me a link, and uh, the link said, could we have shot down some class project? 
Now, that sounds silly, and I haven't read the article, so I don't know the details of it, but imagine that. Some high school someplace floats up something up in the air, and it gets away, and it goes across the country, and then all of a sudden, F-22 fighter jets are sent out to shoot it down. Now, that that would be fucking embarrassing. i got to read that article to see if it's just kind of a parody or, or, or whatever, but... Um, I, you know, I guess that's a possibility. Now, some seized on the idea that the flying objects, which have varied in size and scope, may have extraterrestrial origins, after a reporter asked General Glenn Van Herc, commander of the Air Force North Command, at a Sunday news conference if his team had ruled out alien ties. And, of course, he says, I haven't ruled out anything at this point the remark inspired a flurry of headlines, including one from Fox News asking, Could aliens be source of the mysterious objects? <laughs> God damn it, people are so gullible. They will believe anything. You know, when I watch Evangelist and I watch these Q people, I always tell my wife, Thank God I'm not criminal or corrupt. If you can just speak with authority and try to rationalize any idea, any fucking stupid idea, if you're somebody who could do that, you can make a lot of money, have a lot of control, and incite a lot of people. And that's what's happening now. You know, we've saw, we've seen it with Q, and we've seen it with the Trumplefucks. We've seen it now with these people taking little bits and pieces of information and taking that as evidence that their beliefs are true. You got to be a little better critical thinkers than that. You can't be stupid. You can't be a fucking child about it. You really got to look at the facts and understand what's going on before you go off half-cocked. Stop acting emotionally and use common sense. Now, national securities, in addition to the White House, later tamped down that speculation. U.S. defense officials said the objects needed to be shot down because they posed a threat to civilian aircraft. But they're also on high alert after finding that the first object, a 200-foot balloon off the coast of South Carolina, was likely a spy device from the Chinese military. Biden's administration later said that China is likely behind a fleet of surveillance balloons targeting more than 40 countries and that the high-tech objects are capable of collecting communication signals and other sensitive information. Of course, the Chinese have denied that the initial balloon was a spy balloon, but we know the Chinese tend to fucking lie. They, they have also refused a meeting between U.S., Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and his Chinese counterpart to discuss the incident. Yeah, we, you know, we don't have time to talk about it right now. The second, third, and fourth objects shot down were all much smaller and were flying at lower altitudes than the initial balloon object because they were largely destroyed when fighter jets shot them down. Authorities are still um, piecing that together. These smaller objects in the sky, when you shoot them with a missile, that's going to pretty much destroy the fuck out of them. And hopefully, once they find the debris, they can sort out what these things actually are. Because I got to tell you, until such time we're told what they are and why they are, people are going to make up crazy fucking wild stories. Now, some good news I don't know why they're putting it off, but U.S. senators are scheduled to receive a classified briefing on China on Wednesday, days after the U.S. shot down the unidentified object over Lake Huron. Um, it will mark the second briefing in one week after a spy balloon linked to Beijing was downed off the South Carolina coast. Also, this week, Senate committees are set to hold a number of hearings on topics ranging from protecting children online to cryptocurrency and the Federal Aviation Administration. The chamber also will vote on a number of judicial nominations. 
Now, of course, the house is out of session this week. Why, I don't know. These motherfuckers are on vacation more than they work, which is probably best because when we have the Republicans in the House of Representatives, they just waste fucking time anyway with all these needless investigations. But all of the senators will receive a classified briefing on China from the Pentagon on Wednesday, tomorrow, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer first announced the briefing last weekend, shortly after a Chinese spy balloon was shot down. Now, since then, however, three more unidentified objects have been downed, as we know. And uh, there's going to be some questions about that. Schumer, on Sunday after being briefed by the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, told ABCs this week that they believe the second and third objects were balloons, though significantly smaller than the first Chinese spy balloon. The fourth object was shot down at 242 Eastern on Sunday at the direction of President Biden. Based on the recommendations of military officials, according to the Pentagon, the object was flying roughly at 20,000 feet above Lake Huron, the Pentagon said, which is far lower than the previous three objects. Its path and altitude raised concerns, including that it could be a hazard to civil aviation. Uh, Officials are now working to recover that object, learn more, according to the Pentagon Press Secretary, Brigadier General Pat Ryan. Now, here's the thing. What else could it be other than balloons? Some people say they were drones. I doubt that. Somebody has to be controlling the drone. And how does somebody control something that's going across the country over an extended uh, period? Now, I'll grant you, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on drones. I don't know anything about drones. But it seems more likely that these are all balloons. Don't quote me on that because I don't know jack shit. And I'll be the first to say that. But what else could it be? They have to be, I mean, these things aren't moving fast. They're not necessarily even controlled in terms of direction they're kind of floating out there other than gas what else could it be wednesday's briefing comes after biden administration officials have briefed house and senate lawmakers behind closed doors last week emerging from the meeting democrats largely supported biden uh, response to the Chinese spy balloon, while Republicans argued that officials should have downed it immediately instead of allowing it to travel across the continental U- United States. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican, however, broke from his party and defended the administration's reaction. Now, listen, man, you got a 200-foot balloon. You don't know what's attached to it. You shoot it over the country, and it could hit something. I could fucking hit something. And then, of course, the Republicans would be screaming about that, how Joe Biden was reckless. So instead, they let it go across the country. They jammed the signal. They got some information of the balloon while it was in operation and shot it down over the ocean, which makes more sense because nobody would get hurt and nobody did get hurt. We have no questions about the Chinese balloon. It is what it is. Was it spying? Was it not spying? Doesn't matter. Chinese had no business having this balloon going over our airspace, and that has to be dealt with. It's these other three things that we need to know about. And it's really curious that they haven't told us the whole story about these things. They might suggest that they don't have all the information yet, but I find that hard to believe. This country's intelligence agencies have to be all over this shit. I'm sure they know what it is by now, at least the last, uh, the first two of the three. They're maybe still working on the third right now, but the first two of the three, they've got to know what they are. And they need to step it up and tell people, for Christ's sake. There's no reason to have all these goofballs running around and thinking it's Martians or people from a different parallel universe or whatever the fuck they're saying. Now, let's let's move back to politics that we're so used to hearing and the possibility of indictments. Former federal prosecutor Harry Littman 
seems to think that Rudy Giuliani is headed very soon to an indictment. That would be quite a fall for Rudy Giuliani. At one point, he was uh, referred to as America's mayor because of the things he did around 9-11. But keep in mind, that was 21, 22 years ago. A lot can change. And apparently in that time, Rudy Giuliani has lost his shit. Because instead of being a hero, now he appears to be a criminal, a liar, a corrupt piece of shit. Now, at the top of MSNBC's Monday Night Edition of All In, stand-in host Mehdi Hassan recalled the recording that Americans heard of Donald Trump's shakedown of Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. You know, we go back to the 11,780 votes. And, and so um, Rudy Giuliani had his hand in that, obviously. He had quite a hand. Now, if any one of us would have done that, some random person off the street in Georgia had done that, we'd be in prison right now. Littman agreed with that comment, calling it solicitation to commit election fraud, which is likely to be the main charge in any Georgia indictment. There was a question as to if a full grand jury investigation had already been impaneled, but a Los Angeles Time legal analyst on the MSNBC panel explained that he couldn't find any evidence of it. That's when Hassan asked about Giuliani, wanting to know if the man's previously known as America's mayor should be sleeping peacefully this week. Who knows, but he's got a target letter, and that means for the listeners out there that Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis has decided he is in her sights, so she intends to indict him, said Littman. But since he took the fifth, I doubt it. I anticipate, and it's really a good general point, it's not just Trump involved here. He did as much as suggest it was Trump because he once talked about people not before the grand jury. 17 targeted people, sort of all of the president's men and women. Giuliani really, really, well, he goes down to Georgia. He went down there physically to Georgia. He tells all these lies, and I think he's in a world of hurt and likely to be indicted. And I think there's no question about it. But the fact of the matter is, is Rudy Giuliani isn't even, isn't even the most criminal or culpable in this situation. There's no question Donald Trump was. I mean, it's on fucking tape. Not really tape, but you know what I mean. It's recorded. So we all kind of have to wait and see what's happening with Fonnie Willis now that uh, we're going to have the report coming out shortly, or at least parts of the report. That should tell us some things, and we'll get some insights and some analysis from some of the prosecutors on our television shows. They will see what it says, and then they will tell us what it means, and hopefully they'll be able to get some insight as to what is to come. But I have to believe that Fonnie Willis, after going through all of these things, going to a special grand jury and then a regular grand jury, having a report and having at least a partial portion of that report coming out, you wouldn't go through all this unless there were some indictments coming. And Mahdi Hassan, or Mehdi Hassan, was correct in saying that at least we know that Rudy Giuliani was uh, labeled a target, which means he's likely to get indicted. So for him to suggest, uh, Littman to suggest that he expects Giuliani to get an indictment isn't that big a stretch. I mean, Fonnie Willis as much as said that he's likely to get an indictment when she identified him as a target. Now, Let's talk about Republicans and Hunter Biden's laptop. God, that's crazy. Republicans and Oversight Committee Chair James Comer in the House are gearing up for a multi-year investigation of Hunter Biden's laptop and whether it proves he used his father's name and status to enrich himself overseas. Well, so what if he did? 
if Joe Biden wasn't involved, it really has no bearing on our government or certainly the Republican Party. But this shows you how lame their attempts are. Even if they were to find something, so what? They're going to spend a multi-year investigation on Hunter Biden's laptop? Well, Godspeed to you, you dumb motherfuckers. Go ahead. And if you find him guilty, take him to court. I don't give a shit. But you can't tie him to Joe Biden as much as you want to. That's the funny thing about Republicans. They come up with a concept in their mind, and then they spend their time trying to prove it with every little bit of information that they decide to exaggerate. This is one of the problems I see with our judicial system. When I've watched trials and read about trials, my biggest problem with uh, prosecutors is that they will find somebody they feel is guilty and all they do is try to find ways to indict or, or, or convict that person. And that's well and good. That's mainly their job. But what about those occasions where that, that person isn't actually guilty, but they're still working hard to find them guilty? That tells me they're working in the opposite direction of justice. And don't they call it the Justice Department, for Christ's sake? And here's the same thing, too, with these Republicans in the House of Representatives. They have no cares or concern what is true, what is fact. They want to nail Hunter Biden. And if they can, they can. And if they can't, they will appear to have wasted a lot of time and money unnecessarily. And that won't work well for them come 2024. Now, we know that uh, um, Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, did all these same things. And the evidence is getting harder and harder for Republicans to ignore. As much as they want to talk shit about Hunter Biden, Jared Kushner almost assuredly did all these things and more. I mean, hell, we know Jared Kushner got a payoff of $2 billion from uh, from Saudi Arabia's crown prince, and we don't know what for. You can bet that set off some red flags, and they're looking into it. There's a new bombshell report by the Washington Post detailing how Trump turbocharged the rise of Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman, and he and his family, Kushner included, are reaping financial benefit. So what Trump's organization did they boosted this crown prince. His dad is still the, uh, the main leader, but he's old. And they gave this Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, a little power. And now he's wielding that power, and he's killing people. And he's giving Jared Kushner $2 billion. So the important thing is, does this uh, chairman of the oversight committee, Comer, does he see this story? Will there be a red flag of how Kushner and Trump potentially pocketed money from recent business deals with Saudi Arabian government after helping Saudi Arabia and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, widely known as BMBS, while in the White House? This was going on while he was in the White House. Don Fox, former acting director of the Office of Government Ethics, told the Post that there was no requirement for Trump, a former commander-in-chief, or Kushner, former senior White House official, to disclose financial ties to foreign countries. Trump noted um, Obadiah, um, who, who is somebody working with Trump, was one of the most significant figures defending and blocking efforts to sanction MBS after he ordered the murder of Washington Post reporter Jamal Khashoggi. So you'll remember that. Um, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia killed Jamal Khashoggi. It was brutal. And then they cut him up and did whatever they did with him. And, of course, people around the world were outraged. People in America were outraged. And um, Donald Trump said, well, you know, shit happens. Shit happens. Then when he left office, as he and Kushner faced unprecedented business challenges, both came upon Saudi money. 
Interesting how that works, isn't it? Kushner received $2 billion infusion from Saudis into his private equity firm, and Trump getting to host uh, live golf tournaments bankrolled by Saudi wealth fund at his properties. Donald Trump's big in golf. He has a lot of golf courses. Saudi Arabia, of all fucking places, decides to have a golf tour? That seems weird. Had they ever had any golf tours before? No. But now they do, as soon as Donald Trump left office, and Donald Trump is somehow involved with live golf tournaments. This sounds like a recipe for money laundering, at least in my book. Now, Comer is correct that American people deserve transparency and accountability when it comes to anyone profiting off of political connections, especially when the people officially served in our government. Now, if Comer is sincere, we should be seeing letters demanding the same information from Kushner, Trump, and his daughter Ivanka as he sent to Hunter Biden. If not, then we know that this congressman is doing nothing more than using our tax dollars to try to hurt the president and help the GOP. Well, we don't have to have that kind of proof. <clears throat> we know for a fact that's what they're doing. That's who these people are. That's what they fucking do. I hope at some point, at some point, we will be able to uh, get some insight on all the things that Donald Trump has done. I have a feeling the DOJ is working on that bit of information, too. But there's going to be a shitstorm of indictments and problems for Donald Trump. <clears throat> at that point, it will almost seem like piling on, which is fine. If anybody deserves to be piled on, certainly fucking Donald Trump. So Joe Biden recently fired a guy by the name of Brett Blanton, the Trump-appointed architect of the Capitol. He did that Monday. Blanton, who was appointed in 2019 to a 10-year term, has been under fire for weeks for allegedly misusing a government vehicle and impersonating a law enforcement officer, accusations which were detailed in an inspector general report. That's great, Joe. This guy should be fired, but show, so should Christopher Ray. So should uh, uh, the guy with the Postal Service. Maybe Joe's on track now to start firing Trump motherfuckers who are still in Washington, D.C. Now, the House Administration Committee brought in Blanton to testify in response to the report last week, which ended with both GOP Chairman Representative Brian Steele and Democratic ranking member Joseph Morrell calling for Blanton's resignation, which apparently he did not do. Can you explain how there has been, at least in the Inspector General's report, times when the vehicles being used by members of your family where you're not in the car? How would you have responded to emergencies in those circumstances? So Blanton said, so I'll have to say, that you would have to address that to the members of my family. And when he was pressed, it appeared that he was blaming his 17-year-old daughter. Well, that is a courageous motherfucker. It wasn't me. It was my 17-year-old daughter. Now, Morell. Representative Morrell said, well, you're not suggesting we bring members, your family, in to testify before us, to which Blanton insisted he did not want his family brought in before the committee. <laughs> now, there is a lot of allegations against this clown. The Inspector General report released in October found that Blanton and his family had misused architect of capital vehicles intended for home-to-work use as personal vehicles, resulting in nearly $14,000 worth of inappropriate cost. Additionally, Blanton had been improperly identified as an off-duty police officer during an incident in which he chased down a hit-and-run that happened outside his residence. Now, Blanton denied that he impersonated an offer, saying that it was a mistake on the part of Fairfax County Police after Blanton identified himself as a Capitol Police board member. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy also called for Blanton to be removed. The architect 
of the Capitol, Brett Blanton, no longer has my confidence to continue in his job. He should resign or President Biden should remove him immediately, McCarthy wrote in a tweet. And, of course, Joe fired him. Well, Joe's got a lot of people he should fire, and hopefully he'll get on the stick and fucking do that because we've got Trump trash tainting all parts of Washington, D.C. at this point. Again, like Christopher Ray with the FBI, uh, the Postal Service, uh, the DOJ. There are still Trump people from the DOJ. So it's time we start cleaning out and taking out the fucking trash because that's what these people are. This, this, uh, this activity by Blanton is minuscule compared to all the other shit that some of these fucks are doing. He cost the country $14,000. He misused a car. I got to be honest, in the Trump administration and even in the Biden administration, most of this kind of stuff would be overlooked. It's penny ante shit. It's, it's just small shit. But apparently they were looking for an excuse to get rid of him, and this was a perfectly good excuse and perfectly uh, corrupt behavior. So we'll get rid of the motherfucker and good riddance. The fact that he was pointed by Trump should make it reason enough to get rid of the motherfucker. All right, we are wrapping up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Yeah.